Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. What if I just didn't talk to you? Then it would be an infinitely better show. I know. It'd be great. I mean, like, if, no, no like, like, if you didn't, like, because I'm the one who starts, so if you don't talk to me, that means I'm the only one talking, so it'd no, be I mean, like, great. I meant this, like, in every stage, like, while recording, in life. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could get a pretty good amount of time passed without even having to like initiate conversation with you. If you think so, yeah, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, honey, do I have any clean underwear left? I can go figure it out myself. No, you cut it. And if not, then I'll just wear the same underwear. It's easy. Okay. Easy. You really want to put on some of that underwear again? What does that mean? You tell Just me. Just all the holes? Sure. How does underwear get so many holes? It's because it gets, it's like all clothes. In like the washing machine and stuff like it gets. Yeah, but like I, like, I don't have shirts that grow holes like my underwear grows it's holes. It's different because of Specifically the around my asshole and my <laughs> fucking the, balls. Probably because you digging up in there. No, I don't though. Does your Does your underwear get holes in them? Only around the elastic. See, I get holes around my elastic, but I also get holes in, like... Yeah, because you're picking at it. I'm not picking at it. <laughs> Your butt just is that lethal. It just creates holes in, in the... Hey, so what did you guys talk about before uh, discussing one of the greatest movies ever made? Oh, just digging in my balls and asshole. <laughs> uh, it is February 28th, 2022. It was funny, uh... So we have a daily story book that we read for Jilly. This year it's uh, Harry Potter themed. And I read her story today. And I, they also put a February 29th in there. And she was like, there is no February 29th. I had to like explain Leap Day to her. And like it blew her mind. It's like, yeah, every four years we have an extra day. And she's like, what? I'm like, I know. I don't get it either. <laughs> she's been through how many leap years? Um, 2016. Two. 2020. Yeah, that's it. Oh, wow. Yeah, she wasn't big enough to, like, know what was happening. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I barely remember when there was a fucking leap year, let's be honest. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, If you're new here, we talk about our lives. We talk about the randomness. Our inability to follow the modern calendar. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And I put lotion on, and it smells good. Well, they, they don't know that. Well, they can just imagine. I'm glad you did that because right before then you cleaned your glasses with your nasty ass glass cleaner. It's not nasty ass glass cleaner. It's effective it's, glasses yeah, yeah, but cleaner. But it stinks. It's just like a fucking ammonia, like well, hanging out in my my nose area. Well, don't get so close. Don't smell it. My nose is always close. <laughs> Look at it. 
Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so not much to report. Um, had a pretty tame weekend for mm-hmm. us. Just got some errands done, hung out. We had a big weekend coming up uh, next weekend. Uh, this upcoming, this upcoming when you're hearing this in the next couple of days, and we'll be talking all about that next week. Um, I don't think we've. We haven't watched because we changed our. We changed order. our schedule up. We were so, supposed to watch Nightmare Alley, so we should be able to report that the next time we record. Mm-hmm. Uh, because instead, we finally finished binging Euphoria. We've been talking about it on the show just in time to watch the finale live yesterday, um, which of course. So we'll briefly talk about it. I mean, this isn't a, a TV podcast; it's a movie podcast. Yeah, but we could. You know, it's like. Um, we, we I love the show. I, I thought it was I thought it's great. I think it's great. Um wasn't a big fan of the finale, um, which seems to be the prevailing really? theme of most people. It just left way too much fucking shit open ended and it focused on way too many like I don't want to get into spoilers, but minor spoilers. I didn't need a fucking six minute song from that dude and I didn't need the same couple speeches I've seen over and over again. Like there's a lot of repetition. There was a lot of stuff that like didn't get expanded. Um, okay, I think that that's fair. So yeah, it was a little bit frustrating in that, but the journey to get there was still. I just think it's beautiful. Great, I think yeah, it's so great. I think it's a great show. Um, so if you haven't watched it and you want to get depressed, I'm glad that it's over because I have found myself like actually having my mood be affected in the days following when like oh, we watched a lot of it. Yes. Your mood has been affected. Oh, it has? Oh, I didn't know it was that obvious. Yeah, you're an asshole. More so than usual. Um, but no, it is it is impactful. And I think that says a, even more about the show than anything else could because of how impactful it is and how it stays with you. Like, I mean, there was an episode that just made me start, like, crying, like, hysterically. Like, it's so relatable and it deals with real, like, it's it's super real. It mm-hmm. deals with, like, very real issues. So, yeah, I totally agree um, with that. And I'm glad that, like, our TV slate is picking up a little bit here. We got Amazing Race on. We got, well, almost Survivor over. Survivor starting. Yeah. Survivor starting. Top Chef starting. So we got some uplifting shows that we'll and we also do with we also have a, a, a solid slate of things we haven't so I want to watch Pam versus Tommy yeah, yeah, yeah. we never got the next season of American Crime Story that was related to impeachment new season of Space Force we're going to start Ted Lasso now in the coming weeks so we got we got a lot going on plus we're also knocking out the movies we just had the SAG awards yesterday um uh finally finally rescheduled the Critics Choice Awards I was researching that while you were giving Jillian a bath oh yeah so they're on the Sunday the 13th so Oh, wow. So not next Sunday, but the Sunday afterwards, which will okay. be good. And that, for our movie league, we should hopefully be getting some points there from that. Because we were so close. One of the tightest movie league seasons of all time. Uh, and as long as Dune wins everything technical, we have a chance. <laughs> um, as long as it gets mitigated by other things not winning other things. I hope, I hope wins things. everything. <laughs> no, I hope it doesn't. I hope it wins enough. And then Dune wins everything else. Well, yeah, I hope I hope Coda wins because nobody has it in yeah. early. But yeah, so next time we record, we'll definitely watch Nightmare Alley. Um, we might be able to sneak in something else because by the time you're hearing this, you can now rent Belfast, drive my cars on Hulu, uh, West Side Story will be on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're 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 almost there with what my yearly project is. I still have to find time to watch Teton. 
um, which I will figure it out. I'll just probably have to take a weird day by myself to just watch a movie about a woman fucking a car. I'm just going to mention that in every, every conversation I have, every podcast medium, any friend I speak to, I talk about how much I want to watch this movie about a woman fucking a car. Um, as long as I don't do it at work, I guess it'll be fine. Like, fuck the car at work or talk about the movie? I'm not going to fuck a car ever. Oh. I'm the movie about a woman fucking a car. Uh, and with that, let's get into today's movie. Uh, you know, if you've been listening, you know we have many different gimmicks and ways to select our movie. This is the movie that was drawn from our Pick 'em Off series. So, um, Vertigo, which was uh, nominated against, if I'm not mistaken, probably another Alfred Hitchcock movie, North by Northwest. I do believe that's correct. Uh, probably five or six years ago. Um, I can't believe it's been that long. Oh yeah, it's been very long. Time. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, I'll pull it up. I, I'm pretty sure we watched North by Northwest with my parents because, like, hey, here's a movie you guys were alive for. Um, were they? I thought they came out in 41. So. North by Northwest? No. It's not that old. Good Lord. Um, let me try to find how long ago this movie was nominated. Okay, it's like 59. Your mom was 10. I don't know if that counts as her being alive. I w- as a 10-year-old would not have watched yes! by Northwest. <laughs> I mean, 10 no, is birth. I, I mean, it does count as being alive. I don't know if she would have seen it. <laughs> we watched this movie. Uh, we, watched, I... we watched North by Northwest on October 11th, 2015. Uh, I gave it a 9. You gave it a 6. So we had a pretty, for us, significant disagreement. Especially as of late. Score, yeah. Uh, so this is part of the Alfred Have Hitchcock. Have you done any other Hel- Alfred Hitchcock movies? I think that's. I think the that's only one. It. We haven't done any of like the. Oh no, we did. Um, we did. We did. Um, the killing. Oh no, that was Kubrick. That's Sorry, that was Kubrick. I apologize. Hitchcock. Um, no, I think that is actually. Where's my fucking pen? Damn it's it. right here. It's right here. Okay, good. Uh, no, I think that's it. So I now think we have that's two. It. Uh, this is part of the limited edition Alfred Hitchcock, yeah. The Essentials Collection. We haven't done the birds Along with Psycho. Rear Window, mm-hmm. uh, Psycho, The Birds. Um, so it's got a little. Do I just read this? Sure. I mean, I'll read this, but I'm not going to have it count. No, you could just read the part for the movie itself. It's fine. Um, let me, I'm just going to read this real quick just to see. Yeah, just all about Hitchcock. Uh, Vertigo, named the greatest film of all time by the British Film Institute's Sight and Sound. James Stewart and Kim Novak star in this dizzying web of mistaken identity, passion, and murder involving an acrophobic detective and a mysterious blonde. That could have gone very badly. I I was like, this is going to be easy. And then I saw dizzying, acrophobic. I'm like, oh, God. Auger this baby in. And I do believe there is something on here as well, so I'll be... A great motion picture that demands multiple viewings, says Leonard Moulton's classic movie guide. Okay. So, yeah. So I nominated uh, this in North by Northwest because they were, to me, uh, the two Hitchcock movies that had the greatest reputation that I hadn't seen before. So I'd seen Mm -hmm. The Birds. I'd seen Rear Window. And I actually have not seen Psycho from beginning to end, but... I, I've basically seen Psycho. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's basically seen Psycho at this point. Um, so, around the time I nominated it, like, it has back here, I think, when Sight and Sound, uh, which is a, a heavily lauded um, movie poll of the greatest filmmakers of the world. 
um, it has increasingly grown into being, you know, in that conversation with uh, Citizen Kane and, you know, The Godfather as, like, the greatest movie ever made. I believe it was in the AFI Top 10 the last time they did it. Uh, at this point, oh, fuck, wow. fucking 10, 15 years ago. Okay. So, wanted to see it. Knew very little about it except... The famous shot of Jimmy Stewart hanging off and looking down and, you know, all that. So sure. I, I, I knew nothing about it going in. I'm, a, I'm almost positive that you were the same. Uh, yeah. Or were you going to say, no, I've seen this movie like six times. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Um, what did you think of it? That's an interesting question. Um... I thought cool, it was fucking good. answer it. I thought it was good. I was trying to formulate my opinion. Um, I thought it was good. However, I disagree with all of those accolades that you just talked about. Um, I thought it was entirely too long. Cause it felt it entirely felt too felt long. long. Um, I wasn't crazy about the uh, chemistry... And the casting. Um, hmm. I didn't think Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak had any chemistry at all. I thought his chemistry with the other girl. Uh, what's her name? Midge. Midge. I thought that chemistry. They had a good rapport. Yeah, I like their scenes together. Yeah, I, I thought that chemistry, especially in comparison, it was like night and day for me. Um, which I understand it's more of like the standoffish, like he falls in love with like the idea of her and stuff. That's also kind of but like I, that chemistry of these movies of the time, right? Like, I, I mean, I guess, but you, to an extent, I, I think we've watched other movies around this time, like other black and white movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like Casablanca and stuff like that, and they had chemistry. It, it I, I think it's, this is idolizing one type of relationship. Um, I think also it was it was a bit trippy until towards the end. Oh, it was definitely so bit bit trippy. So I like the reveal because it's very Hitchcocky and stuff like yeah. that. But um, I just felt it was entirely too long. I think it was good, but I don't think it was that good. Like I don't think it's know, I don't think it's, it's uh, so know. I agree with you in that. Um, I don't think it's, like, the greatest American movie ever made. I I, think it's a very groundbreaking and revolutionary movie for the fact that this was made in 1959. Yeah. And Some of the things they did. It was using camera techniques that hadn't been invented yet um, that that still look great. Um, The first movie that really used, like, computer-generated graphics both in its opening credits and in the trippy dream sequence later on. Which I thought were absolutely astounding for for that time, for what and that they was were. my first note. Like these opening credits are, yeah, like it just sets the mood with that eye, the turning red, everything. Like I thought it just set the mood, but I don't think it necessarily met that kind of. So I think it, I, so. I think it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, it it falls into a problem that I feel like a lot of movies at this time fell into, which was wait, like padding runtime and wasting a lot on 
being slow and deliberate and it supposed to be meaningful and it is largely it? ends up being yeah. just slow and deliberate. I agree very much with that. Because the first, because the first, it's only a two hour and eight minute movie. It feels way, it feels closer to three hours. The, Legitimately, I kept the looking first at the first half hour, 45 minutes. Half of that is just spent with Jimmy Stewart following Kim Novak in her little routine that she's going through right now, quote-unquote, being possessed or being taken over by her her great-grandmother, Carlotta Valdez. So it's just him following her to the museum, him following her to... Right. The, the 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 cemetery largely Him. silent, all silent. Well, with with the score, great score, with the great score, music, yes, but nothing to uh, help move it along. Like yeah. it creates tension with no with no conversation. And it's still pretty enticing. Like you're sitting there because you know it's Hitchcock. So I, so I think the movie has grown into. Being this all-time classic and like like quote unquote greatest movie ever, um, kind of in spite of its poor reputation at the time because this was a critical and commercial flop, uh, flop at mm-hmm. the time because it didn't have the aura of Hitchcock with it. For us, here sixty-five some odd years later, knowing Hitchcock and watching Vertigo. And not knowing what's going to happen, I was able to allow the movie to take its time because I trusted that it was going somewhere. And it was enticing to be like, man, what does all of this mean? What is this getting at? What is this building to? I think that has helped it over time. Sure. But sitting in that theater in like 1959, I'd be like, yo, let's hurry this the fuck up, probably. Well, I mean, and I think also a little bit here, like, yes... I do give grace for for building up that tension and that and that intrigue and everything. Yes, you have to do that with this kind of movie, but I think that they took every single opportunity to do that and right. that could have been parred back a little bit while you still establish those things, you still create that that tension, that intrigue and everything. There was a lot of things that I think could have been tightened up or omitted, um, and you would have still had the same results. Yeah, but I, I don't see what else she would have done. Well, not like, just from that. He's scene. obsessed. She's mysterious. What does it all mean? You could have had that be shown in three scenes rather than six scenes. So yeah, you could have tightened it a little bit so it didn't feel as long. And maybe it's just because there is so much silence in this movie, um, and that drags it out a bit. Um, not always in a bad way, but like like the long driving scene, like the long shots of the driving scenes, and yeah. like stuff like that. Not saying that they're not necessary, but they could have been I think also the, those reduced. are they're surrounded and padded by in the first half of the movie some large expositional uh conversation dumps as well so the yeah. first scene is is Jimmy Stewart and Midge you know kind of ex- explaining 
you know, why he's his retired, treatment, his treatment, what whatever, he's going through. Because yeah. the movie starts, the movie starts with like how it all happens, like how he gets vertigo and how he gets acrophobia, um, chasing this this criminal on the rooftops and this police officer falling to his death accidentally by Jimmy Stewart's fault, I guess you could you could argue. And then you have him going to meet. Um, uh, his old his old his friend? old his old friend who who's the, the fuck is this man if i got a call today fuck? from and i could list 10 different people i knew in college or like hey could you help me with something i'd be like sure let me look at my calendar and i'd wait 10 or 15 seconds and then be like oh sorry man i'm just really busy <laughs> and just never talk to them again <laughs> You're such a uh, dick. But then there's also the scene where like he goes to like that bookkeeper, the bookstore owner, and like that guy reminded me of like my great grandfather from the old country. <laughs> okay, that's like that was so like you had all of that stuff. Yeah, like laying the groundwork for what the silent investigative yes. stuff was meaning to right. be. You had to set it up so that way you kind of knew what was happening but, yeah but in then you didn't really scenes. have any action or any pop right. afterwards once um right. once she jumps in the water and he has to save her things get kicked up a notch but they yeah. still peel they still peel pump the brakes a little bit mm-hmm. because she's still kind of in this transit yeah like funk yeah um and he's trying to get her out of it because he's immediately infatuated with her which Add Kim, add blonde Kim Novak to my list. She was a, a absolutely beautiful woman. Uh, she's not now uh, because she had more work done than uh, than I four. Um, but uh, just an absolutely stunning the Kim Novak ultimate project. <laughs> just a stunning woman. Um, but it, then you're just stuck with them, like going on the worst date possible, which is just them, like in the woods and then them like kind of kissing, but her still being a little loony. Um, I have a, a, a nitpick. Uh, so she jumps into the water trying to apparently kill herself. And she is saved by Scotty, Jimmy Stewart's character. And he takes her back to his home to like rest and recuperate. And he's like clean, dry cleaned her clothes uh, and like put her on the go. So like he just stripped her naked and put her in clothes. Yeah. I mean, the fifties were wild. <laughs> the 50s yeah, were... she didn't say shit. Like if if any man did that now, no oh. matter what of a good like thing no he good just Samir- did There's was no good Samaritan law. No, anymore. like you better put that wet ass woman in your bed and let yeah. her sleep in those wet ass clothes. Exactly. <laughs> so you don't get put me anything. in the bathtub. I feel like there was something else we just watched. It had like yes. the same exact no, thing it happen. Was, it was blue. It was my blueberry nights when he like kissed her when she was sleeping. No, no, I'm talking about specifically. Like, like date rape. I'm talking specifically about like wet clothes. Long consent. Maybe it was something on Euphoria. I don't remember, but I specifically like feel like this has been a theme in my life lately. Is Women unjustly getting undressed <laughs> by helpful men. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, oh, is it? I didn't watch anything else like that. So what else are you watching? No, nothing. I'm saying it's literally something that we've just lately watched. And I, I, I maybe it was just this twice. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so all that said, the last half an hour of this movie fucking rocks. The the end of this movie 
Man. Is Swerve, baby. So great. And I think that's why. Swerve. I give the first half of the movie so much wiggle room because. Sh- so, sp- spoiler alert. Fuck you. This movie's old enough to be my grandfather. Um, she eventually kills herself. She she can't take, you know, her mind anymore. She jumps off this tower. He can't in a church. In a church. He he can't rush up to save her quick enough because of his acrophobia. Um it's, you know, the the revolutionary shot of, you know, the look down the stairwell and like the zoom to make you feel that like imbalanced sense of how high up you are mixed with then her taking this very hilariously looking, you know, CGI'd tumble down to to her demise. Um and he's kind of left like catatonic from yeah, it. Then he, gets he gets like committed, committed for it and after after the longest coroner report in front of an audience I've ever no, seen in my it life. Was like, that was like a a jury. No, it wasn't that was like that was like a coroner report. It was like a jury. Like they're like it, it and we're saying like that it was you're a jury, not but... being held responsible. Yeah. It, yeah, I was it, like, it, let that, this fucking man That was, the, the, like, the character I was speaking was was technically a coroner who was giving his report, sure. yeah, which indicated if it, there was it, any legal ramifications right, on his which findings. which is also what the ME does in SVU. Sure. When they're in the courtroom, so... But they also make a determination. I'm not getting the semantics of coroners with you. <laughs> um, so he gets get catatonic. Um, That's when I felt like the movie felt long. Oh, see, I, I... Right then. That... So all that action happened. And then they're like, okay, you're not liable. And then the guy comes and says, you couldn't have helped it. And then cut, he's catatonic, like in the... He's committed. He's, committed he's trying to... Place. And it just... I feel like it was going so fast. And then... Pfft, Slowed down a bit and then came back up. No, see, so if I had to like, like track it like you just so eloquently did with a ch- motion, uh, it's kind of more so just like to me, kind of like a a pulse, like a heartbeat, where like it's going up these little valleys, but it's still pretty across the board. But then all of a sudden, you just get this rush and it goes up. You have a little dip, and but from there, I think it's pretty consistent because after the the little speech with Midge. His ex-wife or ex-girlfriend? They've been involved. I don't know if they were ever married at any point. And she has her own thing. Like, she's largely... I don't know why all these women just wanted to bang Jimmy Stewart. It's Jimmy Um, Stewart, baby. (laughs) That's my Jimmy Stewart. Um, I'm sorry, what? Huh? Jimmy Stewart. No, that's... (laughs) That is... That's not Jimmy Stewart. That's... Stop, broke off. <laughs> I want to kill myself. Hi, I'm Tom Brokaw with NBC News. That's just Dana Carvey doing Tom Brokaw's all that is. Um, anyway. Uh, she's like drawing a painting of herself, like dressed up like a queen or some shit. I don't know. Uh, I never, I didn't get any of the Midge stuff. I like the, I like the woman who performed him and I like their chemistry, but I didn't like, like the character. She was in love with him. I know she was in love with him, but like it seemed like it was a little bit more like ominous or like was going to go somewhere. And then after her visiting him, like she's just gone for the rest of the movie. There yeah. wasn't like, like he's never, I would have liked a more modern movie. Like he would have like instilled her help once he figured it out. You know what I mean? She would have come back and they would have, you know, gotten coffee or some shit. I don't know. 
But uh, you have the dream sequence, which you already mentioned, which is fucking dope. Like, I was shocked. Like, this movie came out in the 50s? Like, this is really, really modern and fucking cool between, like, the colors and, like... Like uh, his head, like kind of floating yeah, on like what like he's the, seeing, uh, yeah. and just like his like kind of insanity in those moments. Um, then he's released, and he still is like seeing her everywhere. He's right. following her steps he's the still. Car. He's just infatuated, yeah. like he can't get over it Obsessed, until he yeah. finally sees her, and like he's convinced that it's her, and it is her in brown hair. And he convinces her um, to, like, go to dinner with him, just, like, kind of help a guy out. And you find that it is her, her. She was, like, his friend's mistress. Swerve! Who, like, Biggest swerve! They killed his real wife. Galvin was behind it all and murdered his fucking wife. And awkwardly threw her from the window top. Yeah. Of the church. How'd he get her up there? Where the fuck was his dead body, though? So, like, uh, so again... It, it, I don't know how plausible it all was, but it's still incredibly affecting because you want to believe that Jimmy Stewart's character is right, but you're like, there's no No, way. No, but he's not fucking right. This fucking pro-life motherfucker, fucking every little thing... When he was changing Madeline, was like, oh, it can't matter that much to you. When it was like her hair color or the outfits that she wore. Next step, pro-life. Wouldn't let her fucking do what she wants to do with her body. I was very confused what you meant by pro-life. And I was like, I don't no, think they were pregnant. No, it's because he was changing put... everything about her. And every, so to, I... to make her more like. So I really dug that. Ah. Uh, because of how weird it was. It was super weird, but I just didn't like, I think it was more triggering for me. Sure, Him yeah. saying like, oh, what, he's like, oh, it can't matter to you. The color of your hair, it can't matter to you. Like, just do this for me. Like, right. So I, and that, now. Is gaslighting? Is gaslighting. <laughs> it's abusive good. behavior. And I think it was just a little more triggering for me than I would have appreciated from this movie. So it's interesting because you get... So the audience knows, but he doesn't yet. Right. So it's it puts like, the audience... I think that's why I like it so much and dig it because of how weird of a decision it is, is we know that, that she is the bad guy. That she well, is... She is. She is culpable for killing a human being and masquerading... Well, she didn't. She didn't kill. But him. she, but she did technically. She, she didn't kill her. No, but the like, husband killed she her. She aided and abetted. She is still going to be on trial for, for what? In that an accessory to murder. Room? And they're going to do what? Talk about? They're <laughs> just going to put her in a sanitarium too. Um, but so she has these feelings for him, and she's conflicted. And he's our protagonist, but. We spend time with him, 15 minutes with him, essentially, where he's acting like a certified loon yeah. of, like you said, You're right. dressing her and changing her and molding her into what he needs to be sane again, uh, and which is, which, is, which is pure insanity in the first place. So, like, you can't root for him, but you're not rooting for her because, like, from what she's done to him... 
she totally deserves it. Well, no. <laughs> and it's, of course, yes. She doesn't deserve that treatment, but yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, like we could argue about the semantics of it all day, but how yeah. does she not? No, I mean, I don't think anybody. It's not an eye for an eye. It's not the society that we live in. No, she should have been brought to trial. Sure. Well, and ultimately, she was a trial by God as she fell to her death. <laughs> so it all worked out in the end. White man, one more for us. <laughs> um. But then the reveal, so he finally gets everything hunky-dory. I don't know what passage of time happens. Like, they're together for a, quite they a while. They take a lot of walks. <laughs> they, they go on a lot of walks. Like, they are they are an item to the point where she is now, in his mind, the spitting image of, of his love. And they're, like, getting ready for dinner, and she slips up. She puts the necklace on. That, that was in the... That was in the picture that was also specifically given to that character earlier. He figures it out right away. And then he brings her back to the scene of where he thought she previously had died as, like, his last step to conquering, you know... His agoraphobia. Not even his... Not, not even his acrophobia to overcome, uh, like, losing who he thinks he lost is how he frames it. But it's it's used really, like you just said to conquer his acrophobia and to confront her about what she's done. And he's detected it out. He's figured it out. Uh, she begs and pleads. And, you know, she ultimately gets startled by a nun and falls to her death. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of karma the ending baby. ending. Karma baby. Because karma baby uh, equally is bad. <laughs> equally oh, bad. I almost threw up. Uh, that woman is forced to not being left the house and the man thinks that she deserves it. So it's actually much worse than Santa baby. Um, something I've never liked about like this era of movies is we're used to uh, like movies kind of having more of like a ta-da ending. And like you, cause like I prefer like building up to a conclusion, getting it, for the most part, you get, like, an epilogue in most movies, or at least you get it. But then you still have time to process through closing credits. Like, you don't get closing credits. It's literally, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The nun comes up, the bell rings, she startles, she falls off, he looks down, and it's like, the end! And I'm like, well, the movie's over. And like, like, you, like I, I just don't like how the 40s the and 50s, they, it feels very abrupt to me. I can understand that a little bit, sure. Um, yeah, I could, I could understand that. Um, but yeah, the last half an hour yeah. of this was movie. Was he driving on the great. wrong side of the road? Uh, I don't think so. I think, I wasn't sure if it was my perspective or if it was intentional. Maybe but one I, of them fucking camera zooms or Yeah, like or I, I wasn't sure, but I felt like he was driving on the wrong side of the road. And I was like, I was wondering, I was trying to figure out where this took place. And I was like, oh, but it takes place in California, so mm-hmm. no. It's like San Francisco, isn't it? Or, or, or San Santa Diego. Monica. Or, one, of them. one of the sands. Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it was something like that. So I was confused, but I was like, I don't know if it's my perspective or not, um, or if they just, like, didn't pay attention to that kind of thing, like, in that much detail, you know? So I, I did not notice. I just so. I, I just wanted to ask that because I noticed it and I wanted to say, what phobias do you have? Yeah, that's a question. Uh, so I used to pretend... And do you know the difference between acrophobia and agoraphobia? Because I made the error of saying agoraphobia before. Agoraphobia is a fear them. of... 
like confined spaces or something. No, it's claustrophobia. No, it's claustrophobia. Agoraphobia, it's a fear of snakes. No, it's arachnophobia. No, it's fear of spiders. Agoraphobia is a fear of blood. Agoraphobia is a fear of Goro from Mortal Kombat. Agoraphobia is a fear of pumpkin spice lattes. No, I don't know. <laughs> I used to, but I, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Can you just tell me? Oh, I don't know. That's why I asked. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I think I got it with one of those. No, it's, it's agoraphobia is the fear of being in a situation where escape might be difficult or that help wouldn't be available oh, if yeah, things yeah. go wrong. That's it's why what I was, triggers anxiety. Right. That's why I was thinking of, uh, of um, claustrophobia because like, it's not like tight spaces. It's but It's open space. Uh, but it, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a situation you can't get out of, essentially. Um, so... Not really. I used to pretend that I was afraid of heights, um, but I don't give a fuck. No, and it does freak me out, though, is, like, if I see, like, a video on, like, social media of, like, one of those, like, base jump jumpers or people that, like, go stand up on the ledge or something, and I'm like, oh, God, am I about to watch a fucking snuff video and this guy's going to fall? And, like, that shit, like, makes my butthole pucker. Um, and I would never do that. But, like, if I'm on a roller coaster and I'm restrained, like, I don't have an issue being... Three, four hundred fucking feet in the air. Um, not really afraid of any like animals or anything. I, I just the fear of death is really it. Like, I will probably like once a week, at minimum, like think about like going to bed and being like, I could just never fucking wake up. That's terrifying. Like honestly, like it really like the thought of death. Like I've looked it up so much of just like what it is and just like oh it's just like a permanent nap and I'm like fuck, I take naps on the couch all the time. Like, that's just going to be that. Like, I, it, that's the stuff that scares me. Uh, not to get, like, too serious, but, like, you asked, so. No, no, that's fine. I just have a panic attack about that probably twice a week. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, it, that's no, the only like, thing I'm scared about. so bad, like, I start shaking and crying. Yeah. But besides that, Which is no, why like, I take such long showers. I can't, <laughs> I can't die if there's water on my face. Um... <laughs> No, or anything covers else. up my pain. Anything else I can't because I have a, a, a scared shitless wife <laughs> and a fucking five-year-old. I don't so have that many fears. I, I'm not scared of bugs. I don't want to get... St- I've never been stung by a I bee mean, or I'm a wasp not, before. I'm so. not scared of them. They're just gross. And I would rather not deal with them. So I, but I would deal I with I used bugs. to be scared shitless of bees and wasps. And I think I've told the story to you before, but maybe not on the podcast. <sighs> We watched in health class sometime in elementary school. My girl. No, it wasn't my girl. It was, it was it ba- basically, yeah. Uh, it was like a like a safety video of like what to do if these things happen. And getting stung by a bee and being allergic was on there. And I'd never been stung by a bee before because I was my mother never let me play outside. And uh, in the video, this boy's like playing in the park and he has a soda can in his uh in like his picnic basket or whatever. And a bee, like, climbs in it. He comes back to drink the soda. The bee stings him. And next thing you know, he balloons like like, uh, like a puffer fish. And he doesn't explode or anything. But, like, I was like, oh, my God. That's what happens if you get stung by a bee? I'm never going to get stung by a bee. Oh, my God. Uh, so that's, I never have. And I so I don't know if I'm allergic or not. So that could still happen to me. And if it does, you know go get an allergy? I will be inconsolable. Um, but no, that's really it. Like, I'm not claustrophobic. I'm not, you know, what about you? 
I'm just gonna look up fun phobias. Are you really gonna ask me about like? I think people sometimes classify phobias as like mental disorders because some of it is like social conditioning, like something mm-hmm. traumatic happened and then you develop a fear and phobia of it. But sometimes it's also just, you know, like agoraphobia is like an anxiety disorder. I have bad anxiety. It, mm-hmm. it used to be severe, it's now down to bad. Um, but. I don't know if I necessarily fear anything. Like, I sometimes work myself up because I think, like you, the one thing I do fear most is just death and, and like... Which is called a thanatophobia. It's called a what? Thanosphobia, yeah. Thanatophobia. Oh, man, is that why it's called Thanos? Maybe. I, I never knew what the gender is. But it's, seriously, it's, yeah, it's T-H-A-N-A-T-O-phobia. So, thanatophobia. Ooh, yeah. Look at this. We just uncovered all the MCU secrets. Fuck you, Marvel. Fuck you. Think no, you're clever. All to one Google search. 35 years into my life to figure it <laughs> yeah. out. No, just kidding. We love Marvel. Can't wait to watch uh, with our daughter. But um, so so I think th- that kind of spurs a lot of it because, yeah, I, I just don't... I enjoy life mm-hmm. very much and I don't want to miss out on it. So I think that kind of spawns a lot of it. But I'm, like, not terrified of bugs. Like, I'm not going to, like, throw up if there, there's a bug. I'm not going to have a panic attack if there's a cockroach. I used to love uh, watching, like, I feel like it was Maury because it was always trashy. Or it might have been, like, like Sally, Jesse, or Raphael, uh, or Ricky Lake or something, where they have people on, like, like weird phobias. And, like, a woman was afraid of, like, right turns. Or a woman was afraid of, like, like butter. Oil. Yeah. Yes, I think I've seen that, yeah. too. Uh, so, like, just looking up. So, another one I have is a tichophobia, which is just a feel of failure. Or, like, like, not That's being successful. That's definitely me. Yeah. I think, yeah, um, I've got that. Nosof- Tell me, and I'll tell you what I've got. Nosophobia, fear of developing a disease. Uh, we're talking yep. about arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. Vihofo- uh, vehophobia, fear of driving. I have that of you. Um, <laughs> uh, acrophobia. Aerophobia, fear of flying. Uh, ophidiophobia, fear of snakes. No. Cynophobia, fear of dogs. Astrophobia, no. fear of thunder and lightning. No. Tr- uh, uh, tripana- tripano- I'm scared of driving phobia? in thunder and lightning, but that's only because I'm a terrible driver. Oh, so that means you have uh, <laughs> you have astrophobia altogether. Uh, trypanophobia, fear of injections. So no, I don't. Those I, are some of like the I, more common ones. I'm not scared ones. of any of that stuff. It's just I I prefer not to have to go through it. You know, like when there's like a cockroach, I'm like I prefer not to have to chase it down and kill it because I have you to do it. But it, if you weren't here, I would do it. Like, there yeah. have been times when bugs have come around. You're not here. I got to protect Jillian. So I kill him. You have a archabutotrophophobia. That's a fear of peanut butter. <laughs> Some people <laughs> now we're getting into the weird one. I ones. love peanut butter. Uh, is there anything else you particularly liked or disliked about the movie before we get into performances? Um, Let me just double check my notes. But ultimately, your gripes or my gripes... It is too slow in parts. The slow parts drag it out and yes. make it feel longer than it is. But that is counterbalanced by the action and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I, I said, I think this is still a good movie. I just don't think it's should be at should have as many accolades as what you read out or talked about. Yeah. At the start of the show. Yeah, I would definitely... I don't even know if I would put it above... Like, this will probably lead into my score. 
and it's been so long since we've watched North by Northwest, so it's hard to, like... Yeah, and our perspectives have changed over the last five years. Yeah, of course. And it... While they're similar movies, they're two completely different subject yeah. matters. To be, I mean, I will, I would rewatch Rear Window and Psycho, and even like a, a lesser known Hitchcock movie that I've always said I loved, um, whose name is escaping me right now, <laughs> which is embarrassing. Ah, that's how good it is. Jesus Christ, what's the name of that fucking movie? I love that movie. Oh my god, I'll come up with it in a second. Uh, I would watch those. Before this one. Yeah, I do like the swerve of this. I mean, it's a great twist, and like I said, the ending of it is fantastic, but, um... Yeah, oh so God, that's it. No, we can get into performances. I, I, this is gonna bother me. I have to get the name of this fucking movie. I do apologize. Um, and of course, Hitchcock made, like, nine million fucking movies, so I'm, I'm struggling to find it. Where the fuck? Shadow of a Doubt! Jesus Christ. I can't believe I almost fucked that up. Um... Yes, performances. I think MVP is pretty easy. It's Jimmy Stewart. Um, yes. Were you gonna go Kim Novak? No, I don't. I don't think she was the MVP of the movie. I, I don't. I don't. While she was beautiful, I don't think. I think it could have been another big star from that time, and it would have been the same movie. I agree. I, so a lot of what this she had the look. Yeah, a lot of what this movie's initial complaints were about both lead characters. For Hitchcock, he didn't necessarily like Kim Novak's performance. I think she was fine, but she was a little all over the place, yeah. playing kind of both sides of it. Right, and and I know that she did a dual role. I know she she played two different characters yeah. for all intents and purposes, right? Because M- Madeline, which one was Madeline? The wife or the other? I couldn't even tell you. Whatever. The, you the brunette, very different personality, everything from the blonde, right? Um, and I and I thought she did an, a good job with the brunette, but I just didn't... She wasn't moving to me mm-hmm. throughout the rest. And I th- felt like I, anyone else could have done, yeah. done that role, really. Um, and I think... The chemistry between her and Jimmy Stewart was overpowered by the chemistry between yeah. the girl who played Midge and Jimmy Stewart. And on the flip side, Jimmy Stewart took a lot of flack because of his age and like believability, yeah. which I I did see in some fleeting moments, like when he's talking to like the um, the 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 hotel owner, I guess, like the like the lady who runs the hotel that he was like trying to find, like oh yeah, yeah, you know, like. Him trying to be, not authoritative, but him trying to, like, be an officer of the law, you know, took some suspension of disbelief. That said, Jimmy Stewart's just the fucking man. I think he does a great job. He's really charming. He's charming. Right off the bat. And also, I, I've never seen him, like, so, like, creepy and vulnerable. And that, like, he did a great job of doing that, that post-death spree, which you know, was a little long in the tooth, I think he absolutely killed that mm-hmm. that part of it. And then his final kind of, like, energy when, you know, he's solving everything, I I, mean, I just think he's, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, in this. no, I agree. Um, I think the girl who played Midge did a really good job. Very charismatic. Given, especially given the uh, lack of good female writing, as we've discussed. And I, 
don't know. And I'm sure we'll talk about a lot with Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Because Hitchcock, and I was just going to say, we'll talk about a lot with Hitchcock because he does have a lot of of female leads, if you will. Um, Tortured all of them. (laughs) He absolutely made all their lives a living hell. Exactly. But he, like, fleshes the characters out a bit more than I think what we're used to seeing. Of course. Um, So I will give you that, but um, I I still think she she did a, a good job. She was, like, energetic and mm-hmm. fun and like you kind of felt like her compassion and her I felt her like jealousy and you know concern for the situation Jimmy was getting yeah. into. Uh, so Jimmy Stewart MVP his first MVP I don't know if we've done a Jimmy Stewart movie previously. I don't think so. Um, LVP. You, have LVP. You, you want me to just tell you? Yeah. This fucking guy, the first note I had was, who the fuck is this guy? This British guy coming in here being snobby as fuck. I did not like his introductory scene. Galvin. the, the Oh, swerve. Gavin. Gavin Esther, the... Um, Galvin. His name is Gavin. I thought it was it's Galvin. What kind of name is Galvin? I don't know. They kept calling him his name Galvin. Is Ga- his name is Gavin. Gavin, El- Gavin Elster. Oh, maybe it's because it was Ga- Gavin Elster. I thought it was Galvin. I was just combining it. Uh, so, the husband. Yeah, the husband. Okay. I didn't mind him. I didn't like his first introduction. He was a little... I didn't like... I just didn't like the vibe. I didn't like it. Maybe that was the point. Because then Swerve turns out to be the villain. Yeah, I think But that's... I didn't like him in the courtroom scene. The corner. See, reading. I... So I, I didn't like... like him there. I liked him in both those scenes because... I thought he was... Meh. For kind of both of your points you just made. For the first scene... You kind of feel like something's afoot, a but he also is pretty believable and passionate about, like, his concern. So, like, you're kind of left with that uneasy feeling because you don't know what's happening. And then after she perishes and you see how, like, he responds to his friend, you know, it's kind of like, okay, like, damn, he's suffering too. I I, I didn't mind him, really. Uh, I, I didn't have much. I originally was going to say the bookstore owner, but... He, he was only yeah, that. Man, that's my great grandpa. You can't give him the LVP. Right. Uh, so my vote was going to be for the coroner because just fuck that guy. He was so like matter of fact about everything, and it's like this is kind of important. I thought he was the judge. And then he had so much dialogue in that scene. Like it was just him talking for like five minutes. And it, and it was more exposition. And he was just very like summarized. Very boring. Sure, I could give that. Okay. I don't really care. That's fine. <laughs> So, uh, so you've relented with Henry Jones? Oh, yeah. With that name, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart and Henry Jones. It's the 50s! <laughs> um, is our LVP of Vertigo. Uh, want to give a shout out to Ellen Corby, the manager of the hotel. She was just all kinds of cool and feisty. I liked her. Um, wish she was in the movie a little bit more. But, I mean, that's basically it. There's no other, no other real characters in this. Um... The, uh, the, the, you know, I like the theming of it all. Uh, you know, it, it did, I mean, critics have interpreted it all the way from, like, male aggression, a female Oedipal trajectory, uh, like, the construction of femininity, like, they get, like, people get deep in, like, their analysis of, like, what this movie really means. Um, and I think that stands for those long stretches and how much you could just kind of sit and observe 
And I think that's why this movie gets the amount of praise that it does versus a pretty easy to interpret movie like a psycho or a rear window or a North by Northwest. Like, you know what's happening Mm -hmm. and you're following what's happening. Even in a movie like psycho, when like there is still a twist or a swerve, like it's more blatant than this. Like you're meant to kind of wonder what it all means. And I, that's where movies kind of went, right? Like, like, I, I could, I, when I watched Licorice Pizza, I was like, okay, this movie's about seven different things. Power of the Dog. I don't agree with any of them, but this movie's about a bunch of different things, you know? Right. Movies weren't necessarily doing that back then. So I, I think this does get, does deserve some of the praise that it, de- that it does and did receive. Sure. But I, I wouldn't go so far as to agree with it to the extent in which most people do. So, um, what else on Vertigo? Nice, we covered it. All right, well, it is score time. I nominated it back in the day, so you score it first. Um, yeah, I think it was good. Um, what did I give North by Northwest? You gave it a six. I gave it a six, that's right. I think it was, I liked it this better than North by Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was good, like I said. Felt a little long. Um, I'm going to give this movie an eight. Eight? Mm-hmm. So I was also going to give it an eight before I saw the North by Northwest score. <laughs> I did not realize I gave North by Northwest a nine. I think, honestly, the difference is probably how much I love Cary Grant versus Jimmy Stewart. And Jimmy Stewart's great, This but... movie would be completely different if it was Cary Grant. Well, because Cary Grant would keep, like, me making that Cary Grant, like, mm, face. Yeah. <laughs> He's, like, seeing things. But I think I talked about it on that, on, on that podcast, and I think we did another Cary Grant movie since then. Yeah, we uh, His Girl Friday. Yeah, His Girl yeah. Friday. And I, like, borderline became obsessed with Cary Grant. Um, I just think... Uh, I don't know what it is about like men of those times, like the the charisma and like just like the just the aura is just not something you find today. I think no. Cary Grant's fantastic. So if I had to say, oh man, this movie would have been very different now. Now I now I'm rethinking the whole thing. First half of the movie to me would be a six. The second half of the movie would be like a fucking ten. So I'm I was also going to give it an eight, okay. which is lower than what I thought North by Northwest was. But the average score ends up being higher, which is just an eight versus a seven and a half. So all works out. So yeah, end. it all works out. All works out. I think that's appropriate. Well, now it's time to pull up the random number generator. Do you want to do it or should I? I'll do it this okay. time, cheater. Uh, zero one two three. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So you can do a one through one hundred and ten for us to pick our next movie on the can't pick list. Okay, ready? Give me a number. Generate. Eighty-six. Eighty-six. Okay, so that's sixty-six, sixty-seven, sixty-eight, sixty-nine, seven, seventy-one, seventy-two, seventy-three, seventy-four, seventy-five, seventy-six, seventy-seven. 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86. <laughs> no! Oh, that's glorious. What, what would have been number 50? I'll tell you in just a second. Let me tell people what it is. Uh, our next no. can't pick movie will be The Baba Duke. <laughs> that's beautiful. When are we going to be doing it? Uh, not until like June. Will like, Jeff we have, be in town? Uh, hold on, I'll tell you just a second. I just want Jeff's uh, to Our be next here. can't pick, uh, May, the middle of May. You said 55? No, just 50. 50, uh, so that is 65, 64, 63, 62, 61, 60, 59, 58, 57, 56, 55, 54, 53, 52, 51. You were fucked out of the way because that's They Live. <laughs> so it was meant to be The Babadook. 
What is it? Do people really like hearing me do horror movies on... Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, honestly, that's what I have a fear of. Hereditary. <laughs> I don't think I... I think I could say... Have we watched a horror movie since then? I'm sure we have. I don't think so. Well... About there to watch the Babadook. About to find out how much it impacted you. Yeah, about you got two months to prepare for the Babadook. I think that no, I don't think we've really watched anything horror. Really. Well, we had everything in October. What have we watched in October? Ma. Oh yeah, that the Invisible scary. Man. Hmm. Well, Invisible Man, which yeah. was more thriller, right? Yeah. Scary. Birdcage. <laughs> and about Schmidt. Yeah. No. Yeah, like we didn't. I yeah, don't so it's know. good. It's time for you to get fucking scared shitless again. So we're gonna see. We're gonna see the the lasting effect. That was in April that we watched that. Last we should watch April. it again every year. No. Oh, we watched <laughs> it chapter two after that. Yeah. Which I was like, it's not scary. Nothing's scary now. Fuck. Don't do that. Shit. <laughs> Why do you do that? We have to take our three Xanax now because we were talking about death and everything. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast oh, and the yourself. others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're going to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash Married with Movies at Mary w. Movies on Twitter. Married with Movies at gmail.com for our schedule next week. Uh, very different uh, pivoting to uh, our random movie, Hot Tub Time Machine 1 and 2. Then we'll have... Uh, our guest star for March, uh, Juan Rodriguez, on the show to tackle from Justin to Kelly. And then I believe by that point it'll be time to not, to announce our winners for the Mullet Awards. You only got a couple weeks left. Arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets. Get your votes in for the best and the worst of 2021 on this podcast. For me, at your host, Mullet38 on Instagram and Arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle. For my retro wrestling diary, this week's episode, WCW Uncensored 1996. One of the most infamous shows of all time, where the main event is Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage beating eight people in a triple-decker cage, including uh, Debo from Friday and Bane from Batman and Robin. Uh, <laughs> I hope I made that sound as enticing as it can be for you to actually go fucking read this fucking blog for the week. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. One of my favorite matches as a kid. Watched it two days ago. It was fucking garbage. <laughs> it was so bad. I was a dumbass kid. Yeah, yeah, you were. Samantha? At Jam with your Sam on social media. That is all I have. That's all you do. Well, you don't do even do that. You do nothing. I do some things. We should uh, we should like record you watching the Babadook. We should live yeah. stream you watching no, horror movies. I've been asking you to fucking live stream movies, and you're gonna fucking pick that shit. Yeah. No way. Yeah, that's like get people to watch and listen. No. I don't even know what the Babadook's about. It's probably just, it's just the guys like, hey, I'm the Babadook. I can't wait to watch the Babadook and then he's a character on the show. Oh, God. <laughs> but I'm going to be the one doing it. Ugh. It's going to be fun. You got time. Uh. You going to end the fucking show? For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I was about to forget again like I did last time. <laughs> <laughs> You're so upset about thinking about the Babadook. I am. Well, that on top of everything else, I'm going to have a trauma. I love I'm it. going to have a phobia. Babadook phobia. Babadookophobia. Babadookophobia. That's a fear of bubblegum and guys named Duke. 
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.